0: Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. One of the most arresting sermon props I've heard used was a blacksmith's anvil and a mallet. Imagine trying to plan your lunch menu or read the Chronicle or wonder why Pauline is dressed in green this morning or whatever else goes through your minds as you're listening to a sermon when some clown is pounding away on an anvil at the front of the church. So why would a preacher have lugged in an anvil for Sunday morning worship? Did you pick up on the line from Isaiah? They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. The anvil appeared in church this morning as a graphic illustration of how one would beat a sword into a plowshare and a spear into a pruning hook. Swords into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks. What's Isaiah on about this morning? We're listening to Isaiah's prophecy right at the beginning of a new church year, the first Sunday in Advent. Yes, a, a new season in a new church year. Only it's so much more than that. Today, we recall that in God, everything begins again. Our liturgy reflects in a, in a small way the utterly new thing that God is up to in God's world. So Advent is a season in the church calendar when we are reminded that we stand on the threshold of something entirely new, something which the people of God have longed for, something which, left to our own devices, we could never in and of ourselves bring about. So Advent is a season Which calls us to wake from our numbed existence and our modest expectations and to see our lives, to see each other, to see the world in a dramatically new way. Isaiah is putting a vision before God's people this morning God's vision. The city of Jerusalem, Isaiah writes, is struggling whose standing is entirely dependent on the great powers surrounding her. Against this backdrop of vulnerability, Isaiah imagines a wonderful future for the city. There will come a time, Isaiah proclaims, when other nations, even the superpowers of Assyria and Egypt, will stream to her. Only these superpowers won't stream to her because of Jerusalem's attributes. No, Jerusalem's greatness will shine forth because of God. God's presence in the temple and God's teaching in the Torah. In this new order, not only will there be no more war, rather, all the energy and resources that went into trying to dominate one another will be reassigned reassigned to what nourishes and sustains life. Swords will be beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. Imagine Russian troop carriers being converted into luxury tiny homes. Iranian killer drones being used to transport vital medicines. Isaiah promises, proclaims the promise of a majestic future for the people of God. And so in the psalm we hear these themes of justice and peace and well-being recurring. The psalmist celebrates God's presence in the life of Jerusalem is the one who through their king ushers in a reign of justice and peace. You know, God's God's justice and God's peace are inseparable. The psalmist reminds us that there can be no lasting peace without justice. It's only when Israel is committed to the well-being of all God's children in her common life That there can be peace. Peace, God's peace. Justice, God's justice. Go hand in hand. In other words, God's peace blossoms when we take seriously our shared responsibility to look out for each other. To care for one another. That's the future, God's future. That Israel, the people of God, have been hoping for. They know it's what God intends for them and they trust in God's faithful promise. So the new church year, the season of Advent, begins with this vision. A vision for a new order. A new way of being together. Which God holds out to us which God promises. Now, as Christians, we share the same hope as our Jewish siblings. We long for these same things that we read of in the Old Testament readings, the Hebrew Scriptures, justice and peace and well-being, in a world that God cares for, that God heals, that God blesses. But there's a difference for us as Christians and that difference for us as Christians as we hear in the New Testament readings is that these long-standing hopes become much stronger, much more intense much more real. God's promises become more real for us. They move from the future tense into the present tense. And the reason that these promises become more immediate and more real for us as Christians is because of Jesus Christ. The one whose first coming we're soon to celebrate, the one whose second coming we eagerly await during the season of Advent. Jesus' presence in our midst as God, Emmanuel, God with us, both announces and enacts this entirely new creation, this reign of justice and peace and well-being, which the people of God were so eagerly awaiting for across all those centuries. As Christians, we see God's future breaking in to the present. It's for this reason that Jesus is so insistent in this morning's gospel that we are to be a people who wait and watch. Wait and watch. Wait and watch. During Advent, we wait and watch for the ways in which God is already doing justice, already doing peace, already doing well-being, right under our noses. Whenever and wherever we recognise those signs, we see that God is making good on God's promises to us. And that's the thrust of what Jesus is saying in this morning's Gospel, is he paints this weird and wonderful picture of the end times and his second coming. Jesus warns us against engaging in idle speculation about the exact time and date. He couldn't be clearer. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Jesus reminds us that we're not to waste our time reading tea leaves. Rather, we live in the here and now on the basis of God's rock solid promise to you and me that Christ will return in all his glory. And so we can look ahead with confidence even as we remain firmly rooted in the present. We're here, Jesus says, to live Noah lives, not the lives of Noah's contemporaries. Noah's compatriots thought he was nuts building an ocean liner in the middle of the desert. I mean, they had enough going on in their day-to-day lives, worrying about putting food on the table and their forthcoming weddings. They just assumed that life would be as it always had been. Now Noah could hardly have had any more idea than they did about what was coming down the chute. All the same, Noah took God at God's word and built a boat. And you probably remember the rest. Noah's compatriots, like the complacent home I Jesus talks about, are lulled into this false sense of security because they're so caught up with the minutiae of their daily lives. They forget to wait and to watch. And so during Advent, the church reminds us that God calls us to be a people who wait and watch. Not so much for Christmas, Jesus' first coming, but for his second. We wait for his return, his being revealed as as Lord of heaven and earth who will bring fulfillment to God's reign of peace and justice and well-being for us and for all of creation. Advent is a time when we take a leaf out of Noah's playbook. Just to conclude then, As we wait, we also watch. Watch for those instances in our very midst where this new order of God's justice and God's peace and God's well-being is already breaking in. I I wonder what signs you see here at the cathedral of God's new creation coming into being already here. Signs such as the extraordinary dedication of our corporation and our life-giving leadership retreat together recently. The provision of Bruce Cross and Carol Henley to see us through a time of significant transition. The growth in our choir. The gift of our reconstituted ministry team, Reverend Jeff and Tricia, and now Bruce Burbage arriving in January. The flourishing of Cathedral Cafe, and the support, our support, of the Tiny Shelter Initiative. Our refurbished office space in a new living room. Our stellar online presence, thanks to Eduardo and Ted and Jen. And our redeveloped website. The excellence of the hospitality that you offer to our diocese at major events. The new members who have come into our life. You get the picture. Signs of this new order of justice and peace and well-being breaking into our midst. Now, I may not have resorted to an anvil and mouth. this morning. You may have been able to get your lunch menu prepared uninterrupted. At the same time, may the power of God's promise to us, of Christ's return, of the consummation of God's reign of justice and peace and well-being for all of God's creation, shake us out of our slumber this Advent. May God open your eyes and open my eyes to all those ways in which God's new creation is already taking shape right under our noses. And may the spirit of the living God, present and active and alive in each of you this morning, empower you and empower us to join God's mission wherever And, however, God may lead us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.